Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, so we've come to the end of our retrospective series and um, da 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 and we, <laughs> we've come to the end of our retrospective series and um, tonight, uh, this, this morning and tonight is the last Sunday when we've been doing um, a series of messages that I prepared and preached um, back in 2003-04 and um, a number of uh, people, what we did um, is we, um, I went through the notes of those messages, I gave them out to our team uh, and they had the, the much more challenging task uh, than, than I had because I just read my notes and go, oh, okay, I said that and then I rework it for today, uh, rewrite the message for the relevant environment but wanting to lay the same foundation stones that we have laid that we may build the church and, and of course some of the team uh, Brian and Ruth and, uh, and James and um, some of the other, uh, Neil, um, uh, have preached my messages, but they've had to read my notes and go, what is he talking about? <laughs> and, uh, and so even the uh, Mandarin service have been doing through them, that's been even more challenged because then you've got a, a much bigger cultural step across. And they're going, what on earth is he talking about? <laughs> and uh, he can't spell. And... Uh, <laughs> Because my notes were in those days were all handwritten, and um, and so it was much. I often had sort of mistakes, uh, just handwritten. You'd have a mistake, like a scriptural mistake, and I knew it was a mistake, so I just, you know, I just preached past it. But of course, ten years later, you don't know it's a mistake until you go to turn there, and it's not the right verse, and uh, so, uh, so it's been a fantastic series. So I'm going to finish. Uh, tonight, uh, this morning, with um, this morning's me- um, with a message called the automatic brain. Turn with me, will you, to one Corinthians three verse one. This is a few series of um, scripture that I've often spoken of. In, in fact, probably more than once this year. But it says in one Corinthians three verse one, brothers and sisters, I would not address you. I'm reading, by the way, team from the NIV on this occasion. I keep using different translations. That's the best thing about iPad and computers and everything. You can flip between translations. It's wonderful. So, uh, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not yet ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You're still Worldly, For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly and are you not acting like mere humans? Now the Corinthian church is a church that in today's society is probably the one that's most easily identifiable as like us. And the reason for that is that it's it's just, it's the one that, that it's exposed, all their sort of quarreling and, and it is exposed and goodness, that never happens, does it? And uh, all of their just, their just human nature, all of that just rises and falls within the life of the church and, and you see great faith and you see great power and you see some terrible things as well and it's all in the mix together and, and Paul is addressing this church that is, um, that has seen 
um, incredible move of God. It was, uh, it's a Greek church. It's been, um, they've been born again um, in the context of a very, um, uh, a very religious um, traditions which would involve all kinds of um, highly sexualized behavior and lifestyle. A lot of people think that what's going on in the world today, a lot of Christians, what lot going on in the world today, particularly with the sexualization of society and the sun and all of those different issues is a, is a, is a modern issue. It, it really isn't. It, it really isn't. It's just it's the, the, um, the early church had to deal with these with this issues and more than what was going on then. And what's going on today was going on then. And so they were wrestling with the, with the same difficulties and the church was wrestling with those issues as well. And so the Corinthian church, despite the fact that these people, they're getting born again and they, they're getting saved into a church where there's freedom and there's liberty in Christ and they're being liberated from the constraints and the, the traditions of, of um, these religions that put them under such bondage and they're coming into that freedom and yet, Somehow, in the midst of all of that, they're still managing to live and act and behave like they did before they were saved. How many of you know that the Corinthian church is just like the church of today? That, that you know, you can look at someone, it's, it's always easy for us to look at somebody else, not ourselves of course, but it's always easy to look at somebody else and think, wow, they haven't changed so much, have they? Um, because what happens is that when we get saved, we're saved by revelation. We're saved by the things that we experience. We come to Christ by, because of not just a thought, but also a relationship with people who, who bring us into the house. And also because of the love of God that we feel during worship. And we might see the power of God. You may have seen miracles. We've seen many, many miracles. Uh, I've, I've found that you know, miracles are a wonderful expression of God's love on people's lives. But it, it, they've never changed people's behavior. They never changed people's behavior. Um, and so what happens is, and Paul is speaking to the church, and he's basically talking about the way you live, the way you act. Because at, at the end of the day, the way we act determines the quality of the life that we will have in Christ or in the world. It's the actions that we do. Ultimately, it's not just the things that you say and the things that you believe, it's the things that you do that makes all the difference. That you know, we can you can come to Christ. We are, we can be singing and worshiping away, and we can you can in your in your mind you can say, oh, "I believe in this." But but really, what happens is that that unless your life changes in its actions, then then everything you say that you believe hasn't become cemented into your life. And and this is an interesting thing because I was raised in traditional church. I wonder how many people here were raised in a traditional church. And in a traditional church environment, that, that you are taught that if you're born again, you do these things. And if you're not born again, then you don't do those. And you don't, if you're not born again, then you do worldly things. And if you're, if you're a Christian, then you, you do godly things. And if you are a Christian and you don't do godly things, then you can't be a Christian. Does that make sense? Yeah, you understand that. But Paul is saying to them, Paul is saying... You come to Christ, you're doing worldly things, 
you are infants in Christ. But you're still in Christ. He doesn't knock them out of the church. He just says, you should be grown up by now, but you're not. You're, you're living like babies. In other words, because you're living worldly, you've come to Christ, but you're living worldly. Therefore, we're going to have to take care of you and spoon feed you and, and take care of all your little emotions and all, your, and all, your, all these little things when, when you really you should have grown up by now. But he doesn't say you're not, you're, you're not saved. He just says you, you haven't grown up yet. And so, and so here we have this scenario where the church is confessing the life of Christ and experiencing the fullness of Him. Incredible. I mean, thousands of people are coming to Christ. The city is being turned upside down. People are pouring out of their temples and into the tabernacle. They're coming away from false religion and, and false uh, deception and coming into a place of liberty and hope. But that which controlled them still controls them. And the reason for that, the Bible says that we have a, a, a mind of the flesh and a mind of the spirit. Paul writes in the book of Romans in chapter 7, he says, A wretched man that I am, that which I will to do, I do not do. And that which I do not will to do, I do do it. I do do. <laughs> that which, in other words, there's this, there's this complex, and all of us know that there is a life to live that is greater than the life that we're living and we desire to do it but we don't always find that we do are you with me here we just find that we don't and then we find ourselves doing things that we wished we didn't do why did I even do that I don't know why I did that there's an automatic brain it says in Romans 12 verse 2 it says do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will in other words to walk in God the only way to walk in God is to have a mind change is for our minds to be changed now this is one of those frustrating I would read this verse and get frustrated because I'd read it and go you know what I'd renew my mind if I could. <laughs> I've tried renewing my mind. <laughs> I renew my mind. I renew my I renew my mind. <laughs> I go over that confession. I read the Bible. Read more Bible. <laughs> I go back. And then the wife still annoys me. <laughs> I come back and I renew my mind. I renew my mind. I renew my mind. And then, oh, anyway. I know, I know. I'm life is much more exciting when you live on the edge. You know. There is this, there is this, see, there's this thing within, within us that we, we have within our mind two ways of thinking, and we know what is good, but we get caught. In what we always do. How many are with me on this, on this this morning? Now, let's do a little bit of uh, stuff about brains, right? And I, I know I'm treading on dangerous territory here because I really don't know much about this apart from what Google has had the pleasure of telling me. 
So the brain has three basic areas. You've got the stem, um, you've got the limbic area, and then you've got the cortex. Am I right there, Jamie? Thank you very much. Okay, so the brain stem is, the brain stem is what handles things like um, your, your heart, your, your lungs. It, sort of, sort of, it handles all the features that you really don't want to be thinking about. <laughs> Beat again. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> one more time, just one more. And it, it's handling all of that stuff and it's just going on. It even handles things like blood pressure and all of that stuff. That's your brain stem. It's right, it's right in the deepest part of your brain. And then you have this limbic area. And the limbic is the, is the area deeply set under the cortex, between the cortex of your brain and the limbic. And that handles things like emotion, like anger and hurt and all of those kind of deep set emotions. It also handles, according to the way you've been raised and the way your brain has learned, it handles things like your sexual thoughts. A lot of people speak to, speak to area about people about sexual behavior um, because of the way they behave. But, but you're talking about something which is deeply set into a person's mind. It's not just about changing your mind. It's deeply set in a person. And then within that also you have the storing of memories. It's, actually, it's not actually where the memories themselves are stored, but it's where the librarian lives. And, and within, the, within the cortex of the brain lives the librarian. The librarian goes, right, I'll have that memory. And yes, that happened with this emotion, so it lives over there. And, and I can get to that one quickly. And then all these different events happen, like wedding anniversary. Yeah, well, that can go over there somewhere. Well, and and uh, all of those different. And so, so the brain, what the brain does is the brain filters memories and then decides whereabouts in the brain it's going, to, it's going to recall them and how easily it can recall them. And so it just sorts all of those memories out, but it holds them within the, the limbic, which is the deep set area of the brain. And then you have the cortex, which is where your reason and your thought comes in. And so it, amongst other things, I mean, the brain does a whole heck more than that, of course, but, but it's where the, the, your reason and your thoughts. So here you are listening to me reasoning and thinking is this man saying and you're thinking to yourself reasoning is it you know you're reasoning about the thought of this and you think I will change my mind but all what you're doing is you're placing good reason upon the the reasonable part of your brain but deep set within you is something that is formed by the lifestyle that you were raised in by the experiences you had especially as a child because when your child is being raised the life that they are raised into is what forms within the brain. It forms within your mind. Are you with me here? Which is why it is so crucial when you're raising your kids. You do everything you can to cover them and protect them. And don't say stupid stuff that goes on in the world today like, oh, kids these days, they're so much more grown up they can handle. That's actually a lie. They're so much not grown up. (laughs) 50 years ago, you left school at 14 and went to work. These days, you don't leave school now until you're 20-something. <laughs> Your lifestyle is that people are exposed to more, but they're not as grown up. Are you with me here? It's true, isn't it? Which means we have to protect our children as they grow. Your childhood is for a very tiny portion of your life, but it's the one area you will never forget. 
your whole life. The rest of your life, you will live the rest of your life, but you will always remember your childhood, which is why your childhood is so important. And it's so important to raise your kids in ways that they just have an amazing childhood and a childhood where memories are great. Uh, and so, but for many people, many, maybe many of you, your experiences in your childhood were, were such that there were issues where, that establishes, and in every single one of us, we experience things according to what happens around us and according to our own inability to deal with pressures and things. And within our, the, the limbic area of our, our brain, memories get established. And with them, those memories become, become emotions. And with those emo- emotions come deep-rooted behavioral attitudes and thoughts. And that's where our automatic life will always spring from. Are you with me? Because I want you to understand the, the chemicals. We talk about, oh, just believing Jesus. But when we're believing Jesus, we're talking about something that's going to happen within the natural head here. See, God wants your whole being to change, not just your spiritual. The spiritual, when the spiritual rules over the natural, the natural will come in line and you will know deliverance from areas where you've been controlled. What happens to the alcoholic when they come into church and they're weeping up the front and they're going, I'll never drink again and I'll never drink again. And you know they will. And they know they will. They don't want to. They hate it. They detest what it's done to them. They detest what it's done to their family. There's an order. They have been utterly humiliated in all of their life. But you know they will and they know they will because it's a something has been established deep within their head that they haven't been able to shift. That's the automatic brain. And while most people here would not have, has not experienced that level of captivity all of us have experienced what it is to have a brain that working on an area when you haven't given it reasonable thought. Your mind will make decisions before you've had time to think about it. I know that when I used to, when I was working, I had my business and I'd be working and um, I'd have to go off and do a delivery and, and I'd just, I'd just drive home. And it was only when I got home I realised I wasn't meant to be going home. I was meant to be going somewhere else. <laughs> and I was, I, I was just, I would, I'm just always doing it. Where am I going? Oh, I'm driving home. What happened? Well, my brain, because I love my wife so much and she's so beautiful. <laughs> I would just drive home. Because that's, that's where my heart was more set. That's where the deep root of my mind was more set. It doesn't matter what I was, where I was going. I would just always go. The brain would just do stuff without you having thought about it it's bypassed that's part of the actually some of that process is part of the flight um, flight and fight process which is we're not going to get into that today but what we're here to do is to talk about the fact that we do things automatically our brains are responding automatically but the bible says here in 1 corinthians Chapter 2 and verse 10. I want you to see this. It says in verse 10, These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, 
so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that comes from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are only discerned through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments or human thoughts. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind. Of Christ. Now I, I'm getting to this because I want you to understand that, that you have a brain that is deeply rooted in flesh type nature. We talk about flesh and the world and flesh, but flesh, you know, the Bible uses the word flesh. Maybe just better to speak about maybe selfishness or self or, or weak judgments, things which don't produce good fruit. There is a decision making process. Which, which brings destruction, but there is an understanding and the wisdom of the life of God that brings such fruit in Christ. And, and we see these, that in Christ there is such liberty and freedom, but we know that our brain will choose more often that which we wished we had not chosen. But the Bible says, you have the mind of Christ we have his mind if I have his mind then I have his limbic thoughts process his emotions and memories being loaded onto me if I have his mind I have his mind if I have his mind I have his memories if I have his memories I have his experience I have his judgments I have his expectations I have his thoughts I have his dreams and his hopes. I have been given a mind that is not just human, but is supernatural. His mind has been given to me. And so the Bible says, I have been given the mind of Christ. So how do I activate that which seems to avoid me? Paul says this very simply in Corinthians 4. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4.15, he says, Though you have many, uh, many instructors in Christ, you have few fathers. Now, what is he saying? He's saying, therefore, imitate me. How did you ever learn to do anything but by imitation? How did you ever learn but by imitation? You learned to walk because everyone was walking while you were crawling. You learned to speak because... The per, the, your parent was talking to you was making noises with their mouth and in the end you picked up the pattern of those noises and began to repeat them I've always said I'm so glad I wasn't born in France I can't speak French and it takes a little while for you to work that one out we, we learn I'm always amazed and you see the little tiny children in foreign countries and there they are speaking of course they don't know they're in a foreign country do they but then they <laughs> <laughs> so there they are, and they're speaking a language that their parents speak. Little tiny baby, we haven't a clue what they're saying. We feel like the baby, and there's the baby, and it's speaking another language. 
And that's, and here's a little, how did the baby learn? It learned because it was simply imitating the sounds and discovering that those sounds had certain meanings and effects upon their life. They would say a word and the parents would go, oh, well done. And you'd say the word again, probably wouldn't understand the meaning, but eventually when they said food, food would arrive. (laughs) When they said no, it got all sorts of wonderful reactions. (laughs) And so children learn to speak and imitate. Uh, Folks, I want to tell you something that you see the simplicity of learning. The mind of Christ is imitating the behavior of Christ. It's imitating the heroes who have walked in the, the, the ways of Christ. And we discover within ourselves that we're so constantly trying to work out in our brain. How do I do this? How do I do this? You know what? Just copy somebody else. Just fake it. What do you mean, fake it? I literally mean just do what they're doing and work out. If you don't know how to live like that, then live like they're living and discover there's a way and eventually it becomes a part of you and it doesn't. You're not copying them in the end. You're learning like a child for it to become you. When you learn to talk, they don't say to you, don't do, you're just copying your, your, your dad. You are, Brian. Don't talk like that. You're they don't say that. No one said that. Go, well done. When you're a child, they don't, you don't get told off for imitating your parents or your brothers or your sisters or your friends. You get congratulated for learning new words. That's what you do, don't you? So Paul says, imitate me. The principle of growing up is through the principle of imitation, to imitate. Hannah uh, Bretherton, who was uh, in, in this church when she was 16 years of age, she moved from here and moved to Denmark. She went with us age of 14 to Denmark on a, on a trip. Um, we were doing a missions trip and she went at age of 14 uh, and she went across and she fell in love with the country and said, when I'm 16, I'm moving to Denmark. And she did. <laughs> and the, but in Denmark, 16, you can, Scotland, you can, oh, well, you can vote now, can't you? And, uh, but uh, at 16 um, in, uh, in Denmark, you're not even allowed to live on your own. So she went to live with the parents and within about six or seven weeks, she's speaking Danish. And everyone, how does she manage that? Well, she was living with a Danish family, with small Danish children, with Danish children's books, and she just read them. She just read their books with them. And the children talked to her in children language. And, she, and within six or seven weeks, she's speaking Danish. And everyone's not, no one's saying, don't do that. You're just imitating. That's just copying, that is. You should get it for yourself. Well, this is, this is how you do get it for yourself. You copy someone. This is how you get it for yourself. I learned to preach not because I'm amazing. I like to think I am, but I have many times my wife who reminds me. <laughs> no, I learned to preach because I had a great friend and pastor who said, this is how you preach. Oh, I'll preach like that. I learned to pray because I had brothers and sisters around me who would pray. And as they prayed, they prayed out loud. And so I began to pray out loud with them. And I didn't know how to pray. But then I began to pray as they prayed. And I learned to pray. And eventually my prayers were my prayers. They were from me. But at one point, they were a copy of them. 
But it got me going. I learned to speak in tongues because I heard a sound of tongues that came out and I heard a sound and a a system and a rhythm and suddenly I I began to copy. I wasn't speaking in tongues. I was copying their tongues. But I remember this well, this this fountain flowed out of me and suddenly I I wasn't copying them anymore. It was what God was flowing out of my heart. I learned to heal by seeing the pastor come and minister healing and words of knowledge. I, I learned to see them do those things and I, I, I saw them do it and I thought well if that's what they do then I'll try that too and see how it goes well it, nothing much happened but I kept copying until I learned the ways of God within my heart you see you imitate I learned to walk I saw I remember being with people I was brought up said this many times before I was brought up in poverty I was brought up in a in in a place where any money you had you kept to yourself if you ever offered anything for free you took it without needing it because you might never get it again and uh, there would be if food was offered to you you know when you go to a party right and people come up and offer you food I could never understand as a child why anyone would ever say no to food being offered. For me, it was like, it's food. (laughs) I need more of the food. I would take the food, I would take it, and people would come around and they would would, uh, offer uh, food. And and why am I telling you this story? My brain just went blank right there. Sorry? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So out of poverty, I learned that's right. So there I was in that environment. I was, I was, that's right. My brain just, whoosh, it dropped through my pants right there. And it was the limbic. And, uh, and uh, so the, so what happened is poverty, but then I started hanging out with people who would go to a restaurant and they would get out their wallet and they would pay for the, the restaurant meal and I would be like, I'll be looking at the meal, adding it all up, you sure you haven't ripped me off here? And then pay the exact penny, going, looking at the waiter, thinking, I ain't giving you anything, this is what you're paid to do. And then walking out, and then I'd be with friends and they would tip the waiter. I'd be like... Oh. <laughs> you tipped him? Suddenly I discovered that they lived in a far more generous world where the generous heart is added to and something else is given. And so I went, you know what, I think I'm going to do that. <laughs> and I, I remember tipping the waiter and, and this, like, this, this feeling. And it wasn't for them, it was for me. My world changed, expanded. We were in Barcelona with the pastors and we had this meal and... and we, this, this wonderful Spanish man, he came over, he was really tall um, and just sort of geeky looking and, and, uh, and awkward and we came, there's 14 of us come and just ruined his restaurant and we're going, but we want to sit outside but, but, but there's only 10 seats and there's 14 of you and I can't take that table because that table's for different, no one was sitting on it, mind, but I, I, and he was really sort of awkward and we're just coercing him, come on, you can do this. You know, you can sit all of us down. And so he came and he served us, etc. And right at, as, the, as the bill came through, we all paid our, our portion of the bill. And then as we were, I said, come on, guys, let's make this just the best tip this man has ever had. And so we were just throwing 10 euros, 10 euros, 10 euros. He walked away with about 70 euros in his, in his hand for a, for a meal of 14 people. And he just couldn't behave. He, after that, he was saying, oh, listen, if you want to get great coffee, you just go down this road, turn left. <laughs> 
You see, I discovered how to live in a greater world by copying those people who lived in it. If you want to know the mind of Christ, then copy those people who have the mind of Christ, who, are, who have, everyone captures a, a, a piece of that. I love spending time with, with different people in, the, in this room. I, I love spending time. It's great to see OK back uh, from Nigeria. I love spending time. He, he soaks himself in the Word and we talk about the Word of God. And, and I, I love having people who, who have disciplined themselves in different lifestyles, which enable me to remind myself that I have the mind of Christ too. And I can imitate those who have learnt great things that I may be great in that area in which Christ has called me to be. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.